Like we haven't recorded a pod in ages and we just wanted to throw one out there to remind people that we do still exist and we are still doing things. We've only got a couple of topics and we're going to see where we go with them. And there's only three of us, but let's begin. Tiago, you wanted to talk about Harry Winks. Yes, I did. I was surprised by his inclusion in the England team because he's played two matches for Tottenham this season. Not that he doesn't have quality for it, it just surprised me. I like him, I like what I saw from him, even though it was very little, but it shows a little bit of what's going on in the England national team for him to get called up this easy, don't you think? Even with the injuries and stuff. Uh, There are a lot of injuries at the moment, and that is essentially the reason that he has been called up. But I think he deserves to be called up on his own merit anyway. You look at his minutes... Uh, and I think you need to look beyond this season because he's only just returned from injury. Uh, he, uh, even be, he doesn't have a thousand minutes in club football yet. Really, from the previous season? Total in his life, he doesn't have a thousand minutes. I am surprised by that, but okay. But that's still how many? He actually does have a thousand minutes. He has a thousand and four on his senior career. Uh, I'm really excited by Harry Winks, and I think that he is, if he hasn't already, about to break the Spurs' first team, first eleven. Um, He's a very talented player. He's not um, a world beater. He's, I don't think he's going to be sort of name a headlights player like Harry Kane, like Deli Alley, or whoever. But I, I, I think he's a, the type of player that England have been desperately calling out for since um, the last time they played Michael Carrick, um, a, a deep lying playmaker to sort of borrow a football manager term. Um, who's going to help them open up low blocks, which is um, England's biggest weakness going back since teams started playing low blocks, uh, and something that's been very painful to watch uh, for England fans for quite a while. I don't think it's a huge issue that he hasn't played a lot, because, I mean, looking at it uh, objectively, and I'm not a Spurs fan, getting into the Spurs 11 is going to be harder than getting into the England 11. I was just surprised. I'm not saying it's like necessarily a bad thing or he doesn't deserve it. I was just It caught me off guard. If you asked me if it was going to happen, I'd be like, no, that's not going to happen. Especially when, with the English national team being, in general, so conservative in the way they call players up, I think. Okay, so that that kind of leads nicely into a couple of questions we got on Twitter. And the there's something that the person mentioned here, the Spurs without Dembele. And you called Winks a deep-lying playmaker, where he actually breaks the press in possession quite decently too, right? Like, not just passing-wise? Uh, it's something that he is improving at, something that he is clearly working on, uh, and it's something he's good at, um, but Spurs, for the last couple of seasons, have been reliant on, um, in my mind, the greatest press-breaker living. Um, so, uh, Winks is still a step down in that regard, um, but what he loses in that, he makes up for in his ability to pass through lines, uh, and, and set off transitions with his passing. Yeah, and that's the thing I think both you and I have been saying forever, that uh, just because Dembele has a unique skill set doesn't mean you can't replace him. Because uh, if you can make, make up for your lack of, I mean, press-breaking dribbling, yeah. I guess, or ball retention, like straight-up ball retention under pressure, with penetrative passing, line-breaking passing, then, I mean, you're getting the same place. So, Nathan, do you want to introduce a, a, a different topic or no? Uh, well, you, another one from you is that you wanted to talk about uh, Sean Dyche. Not just Dyche uh, generally, but you, you wanted to make a comparison between the types of managers like Sean Dyche and Tony Pulis and the more celebrated uh, managers like Sarri and Napoli. 
Did you want to make that point? They don't get enough love. I say this not just because I, I identify more with guys like Pulis or Daesh, or Daesh, but also because it is extremely difficult to set your team up the way Pulis does or the way Daesh does. And we are we're mentioning Daesh a little bit more today because they're now in probably their best position ever in the Premier League, right, uh, Nathan? Sure, I guess so, fifth, yeah. So, so they're getting a little bit more mentioned now, but I, their their play style, there are similarities between Daesh and Pulis' play style, but they're not necessarily the same. But either way, it's not just sit and hope like it once was, perhaps, in England, right? So a manager puts in a shit ton of work like Pep, a guy like Pep or, or Sari, that then gets so easily translated... Uh, into or it's not easily translated but when when it happens on a pitch you can clearly understand that it was worked out by the manager I don't think people realize that when it comes to a play sound like Daesh or like Tony Pulis's because it's it also comes back to the fact that you're trying to nullify the opposition and the focus is always on the ball so it kind of kind of goes off from the people's eyeballs I guess I don't know if this is if any of this is making sense it is. I just don't agree. <laughs> I, I, like I don't. I don't think that. Um, I don't think that the, the types of Daesh and Fulis get the respect they maybe deserve. Um, but I still think that what they do is a lesser achievement than the comparable uh, attacking achievements. Because um, no, I, I don't want to downplay it because they, especially Daesh, who I'm, I'm fond of, um, are doing very impressive things. But I still think that the attacking side of the game is the bigger ask, is the harder thing to open up an opposition team, a defensive team. I disagree. Setting your team up defensively is a lot harder than offensively. I legitimately believe that. And that's why, that's why Mourinho is so clearly the best ever. And that's that's the difference there. And that's, in, that's on me. I really believe that setting your team up defensively is a lot harder than offensively. I don't know. Mads, give, give, give us your, your thoughts. I think what we all can agree on is that they're all like literally every coach mentioned is significantly better than Ancelotti. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, bro, I just, I just read a fucking report from kicker who, who know their stuff normally about how Bayern players organize secret training sessions without Ancelotti. Robin said that, that there was more quality in the 11 year old son's practices, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Arjen Robin said that. Spell out your Angelotti agenda because it's pretty extreme and not a reflection of the rest of the podcast. Go on. I mean, it's not going to be hotter than than Thiago just calling Mourinho the greatest ever by some distance. <laughs> I but... don't want to even acknowledge that, so please carry on <laughs> and just pretend that didn't happen. Fine, I'll say Mourinho and Pep are the best ever by the an enormous distance. Is that better? No, but let's just move on. Now you're selling Peel is short. Oh, fuck you, dude. I can't say anything right here. <laughs> Go on. Mads, talk to us about Angelotti and why you are not his fan. It only works in writing, because I need time to think out why I hate him. I'll give it, I'll give it a shot. Go on. Um, so basically, he does nothing. <laughs> yeah. I'm, ha- I'm happy with that. I'm not happy with that. I think that's really simplistic and uh, not what we're trying to. I think he tells his players to just go out there and fucking play. And like, every single report you read from players, like makes it seem like that's the case. I mean, he just took over the team after Pep. So considering that, he probably just tells them to do what Pep told you. 
I mean, I, I think that is a, a bit over the top, uh, what you're suggesting. And the, the reports from Germany... He's, like, never had a non-competitive team, like, in terms of winning titles. He's got, well, I think this made his fourth league title in 20 years. I mean, that's the, that's the complaint people throw at, at Guardiola, and we're all happy to dismiss that idea. Pep has won, Pep has won fucking, like, seven out of nine. What are you talking about? Sure, but the idea of discounting his achievements because he's always had the most superior team is not oh, okay. a great argument. No, okay. no, I'm discounting the fact that he hasn't done shit. He hasn't done more than he has done. Four league titles with top teams. That's fair enough. Like, the only reason he's considered a top manager is because he won the crapshoot that is the Champions League three times. Yeah, so how do you explain that? Men managing? Yeah, like, the fact he's literally just a man manager. Like, he... I think he's tactically inept, if if not just lazy. There was there was a quote there was a quote by Hummels like a couple by like a month ago now. He said something like, uh, "We wanted to press, or the manager wanted us to press, and he wanted us to press high, but we just hadn't prepared to do that." I don't know what he does. He's like a fucking. It's like he's playing FIFA. There's a a bigger issue here than him just being a man manager, which is the fact that he fucked up his his relationship with the entire Bayern squad because they're all telling on him now so how good of a man manager are you is the question here like there's a transition there that just it's just never going to work out like you're going from possibly the most meticulous coach of all time to fucking carlo ancelotti give him some respect man come on is it fair to speculate that zidane is quite similar in in terms of being man uh, man management focused rather than being a particularly tactical coach and if that's the case, can't you point to what he's achieved with Real Madrid? I have no idea what Zidane is, but he's got the greatest squad ever assembled. So I'm also not going to say that he's not doing a good job because he objectively is. Like he's got more fuck, he's got more titles than he has losses. So like regardless of your player material, you're not going to just discount that and say, I mean, it's just a team. It could be, but we don't know. I guess the same is the case for Ancelotti, but I mean, he doesn't he doesn't have that flawless fucking record that Sedan does. And I mean, all of these statements that are coming out now from Bayern players. Yeah, they're not great. They're just No, they're not great. That's an understatement. <laughs> they're basically saying he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. They're essentially saying that they have no idea what the fuck he's doing as their coach. And I guess that's part of the reason why he no longer is. Let's move on from Angeloy because we're just slagging him off without much material. Well what about for the next Bayern manager? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Oh, shit. Uh, so, they've been linked with uh, Tuchel and Nagelsmann. Who would you go for out there, too? Tuchel. That is also uh, who I think they should go for. Um, it just seems the obvious one. He's, he's a, a hell of a manager. His Dortmund side were ridiculous. And they played Spurs. I've, I've never... He's also unemployed, which is beneficial. Yeah, I, don't ha- I don't have any strong takes. I'd probably take Tuchel as well, but you can't go wrong with either, I don't think. Dortmund, they, they had a bad-ish season, or not a bad season even, but they had a subpar season for, I guess, Tuchel standards, if we can call them that, since he only really had one good season in charge of Dortmund. Okay. But I don't know how much of that's down to him. And I guess now I'm just fucking being super hypocritical here, because I just just gave Ancelotti the blame for everything, and now I'm... Now you're giving him the benefit of the doubt, yeah. I, I have my own qualms with Nagelsmann, um, and I haven't watched a lot of his um, Hoffenheim side, but... They've been shit this season. No, I know exactly what your qualm is. Can I just... Can I just Go on, then. Try to guess? Go on. Yeah, they played they played against Liverpool, and they tried to play football. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. essentially... And then, but not just that, he did that, and then he came out to the press afterwards and basically 
and said that he deserved to win and that that for me put it over the edge and I, I was uh, uh, he went down in my estimates after that Alright, we are going to wrap it up there for a super short episode. Uh, I'm going to find a way to try and churn these out a little more often with shorter episodes uh, like these ones. And maybe also look at getting some guests on to do sort of one-on-one interviews with them. Um, you may have noticed as well that we aren't cranking out the radars like we were before. We're looking at a, a way of um, sort of automating that process so it's a little easier to do. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Cheers. Cheers.